Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. Welcome to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. This is my beloved husband, Devin. And this is where I wave. And my name is Morgana. And we had our first in-person West Coast Swing dance class yesterday. We had a live private class with Jordan Frisbee. Anybody who is in the ballroom dancing West Coast swing world knows that he's kind of, I think, the most celebrated. Yeah, he's probably the most decorated world champion character on the planet. Earns it. Yeah, if you type in West Coast swing. And Jordan, yeah. Well, no, not even Jordan, just West Coast swing champion is he will come up over and over on youtube and on other sites he's uh i mean there's no shortages of really really spectacular dancers he's probably just the the dude right yeah yeah well and he, he happens to live more or less in the neighborhood 15 minutes away from he us. lives 15 minutes from us and so. his partner tatiana molman also you know crazy yeah and crazy time. we're gonna have a class with her next because we just by random luck ended up living in the same area as the two of the world's greatest west coast swing teachers um and they're super nice i was so intimidated and nervous and scared because it would be different if like we were in a giant group class with them for months and they kind of just knew like our foibles and our weaknesses and, and knew who we were, but to like, to show up out of the blues, hi, we're lame, make us better. Right. The good news (laughs) was, is that, and by the way, I am the opposite of that. I Uh I genuinely don't care. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, without question, they're amazing dancers and I was was glad to meet, meet him anyway. Um, Really fantastic dancer. Um, but I'm less like I already know that I'm terrible. So it's not a secret of my terribleness. My job is to show up being as terrible as I am and be the worst dancer in the room, which is fine. I'm happy. Which, to by that. the way, you fail at because very often you're really good. Very often. Because I get so to I get room, to watch you when you're with better. Failure. Yeah. When you're with better <laughs> partners, you actually have some great moves. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. But so, unfortunately, you're stuck with your wife a lot, of t- a lot of the time. Right. And, you know, water sinks to its own level. I guess. <laughs> all, that, all that said, all that said, it was it was kind of great to sort of dance again. I think it was really good for my wife to kind of go out into the world and have that experience. So all pluses. I feel alive again in a way that I haven't felt for over a year. It's really like a drug for me. I feel euphoric. I feel happy. It's just so nice to be dancing and being in my body and, and, and in the flow. I just didn't, I knew how much I loved it when we were taking six or seven classes a week, but then that shut down during COVID. 
And, and I didn't realize just how much I shut down with that until we got to do it again. By the way, guys, this is such a killer move is take your partner dancing. Um, it's fun. It's sexy. It's great for me to learn how to follow. Uh, sometimes we do need private classes to save our marriage from, <laughs> from our bad from dancing talk, skills. talking about dancing, right. <laughs> um, having dance experience. Yeah. We're, but we did, you know, a private class makes us better partners. Right. Um, but, oh, my God. Yeah. Just happiest, happiest thing in the world. It also nothing protects your brain from uh the dangers of Alzheimer's, like partner dancing, swing dancing, salsa, any of that improvisational partner dancing uh, protects and reverses uh, from Alzheimer's. That's one of the reasons we started. Um, and our guest has arrived. So I'm going to quickly introduce her and then we are going to bring her in the room. So since we're talking about bodies, and the show is Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. And I think we've really covered the crazy for a year now. We're going to move into the sexy with a Tantra coach today. So this is why I picked Dominique DeVita. Her mission statement is to help you live life fully from a place of magic, love, and abundance, which is our thing. Dominique DeVita is a registered nurse and a certified transformational tantra coach and healer. And Dominique believes that by blending science and spirituality, we can better understand our bodies, respect ourselves, and deepen our connections with our partners. Welcome, Dominique. Thank so, you. So happy to be here. So happy to see you. So We've never met before. I've, I've heard you on audio and I really liked what you had to say about relationship. So how do you help couples have better relationships? I help them by first them unpacking some of the shame that they carry with the topic of sex, because in our society, we're, there's so much shame around it or with religious beliefs. Sometimes there's can be a lot of shame on these topics and that gets carried over and then over a period of time and they've had a relationship for a period of time, then sometimes they'll hold themselves back and disconnect from this aspect of their relationship because then they start to, you know, tap into those beliefs or things that were told to them in the past. And then also helping them with self-love because when you want to be a better lover, first being your own best lover and doing the healing powers and practices of self-love, which is a focus with pink Tantra is really empowering for your relationships because the relationship. Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yes. Pink Tantra. What is pink Tantra? Oh, great question. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for getting me to slow down. I get so excited about it. We're going to, um, so in Tantra, there are aspects of different levels. There's white Tantra, which is working on meditative practices and breathwork practices or pranayama. And then pink Tantra is going into self-love practices and working on your heart chakra, which is the energy center in your, the chakras or different energy systems in your body. And the heart chakra is, you know, links to your heart 
and works with self-love and everything can help open that up. Cause sometimes there's some blockages in there from either mother, father wounding or previous relationships that have us even more guarded in our present relationship, or even in a relationship when someone's been married for a long time, maybe someone's holding a resentment from something from the past or there, there was some kind of betrayal or hurt feelings. And so then they start being more guarded and it impacts their relationship. And then red Tantra is just working on the pleasure of um, partnered activities. You know, when you're being intimate with your partner and even self-pleasure rituals when you're as a solo practice. And so that's red Tantra. So Tantra is not just sex. Because no, I think a lot not. of people think it's just sex. So yeah. what is the definition of Tantra? Tantra means to weave, a weaving of things, a looming of bringing things together. And so it's really a powerful tools for transformation for many thousands of years ago. And these practices and techniques, they help you unlock these things and aspects of yourself for healing. And when we tap into this these powers of healing and we learn to be our own best lover and have a healthy relationship with ourselves, and know how to experience pleasure in our body for prolonged periods of time and just be more comfortable with our bodies. Then we're able to relate and connect to our partners in a healthier way and attract better partners, you know, if we're single, because the relationship we have with ourselves, one, it's our longest lasting relationship from our first breath to our last and the relationship we have with ourselves, all of the relationships mirror the relationship we have with ourselves. So it helps you to have a better relationship with your coworkers, your friends, your family, your partner, your lovers, like everyone benefits when we start to do these, do this inner work on ourselves. Cause we have to grow on the inside. And then what we're doing that growth and that journey on the inside is reflected in our outer world. So that sounds, that sounds incredible. I think we all need to work on ourselves and do some self-exploration. How did you get started? If that's not too personal. Oh no, that's not. Um, it is, a, is a little personal. It's a fun story that I have. And maybe we could just put a link um, in the description for people who want to hear more about that. Um, I've been a nurse for a long time and I was always interested in Tantra before because I think because of Sting, like I heard more about it and I was like, oh, that sounds intriguing. And I initially bought a Sting book. the singer. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. And, and what was it about him? That he could last for hours, for hours with his wife and have hours of amazing sex with his wife, right? So of lovemaking. And so what happened was I got a book on Tantra and then I was thinking, oh, and I was single. So I was like, oh, I need to have a lover to be able to do this. So I shelved the book. And if I would have looked at the book, I would have seen that it really just starts with you. The byproduct of being able to have all these, um, all this self mastery is that you are a better lover with someone else, but that's not the main goal of it. It's really to unlock all of the magic that's within us. And even you being a powerful tool for manifestation, because our, our sexual energy is actually our creative life force energy. We were created from this energy, but unfortunately there's so much shame around that. So yes, I got this book and I was really curious about it. And then I just put the book on the shelf. And when I did a travel nursing assignment in Los Angeles, I was in Texas years later, I packed it with me in my car of a few possessions and put it on my shelf again. And then I started dating a man who had mastered these techniques and practices. He hadn't let me know this. He hadn't even dated a Tantra coach. And so he had this high level of self-mastery of being able to have deeper intimacy and connection and be able to last longer in the bedroom. And so that really enhanced the experience that I had with him. And I had these like healing 
experiences with having prolonged states of pleasure and bliss and just being able to have a connection on a soulful level because so often with things in the bedroom, it's goal oriented or it's like, what are the positions that you're going to do? You see magazines like on Cosmopolitan, like try this position and it can be very ego based. And then we're not able to fully connect on a soul level with someone. So when I was with him, I have I had an experience, so I share in this video called having my first soulgasm. And that's when the energy of my chakras, it just the pleasure for having that experience for so long, moved all the way through my energy centers. And then I had like the third eye chakra opened up and I just had this awareness and it changed my life. My complete life path changed Mm. after that experience. And then I just started to tantra on my own. I dated him for a bit. And then I started looking at tantra practices to heal my patterns of attracting the same types of partners and relating to people in the same way from wounds I had as a child and being in a home with an alcoholic growing up. And so I had to, we will. Yeah. I promise you we'll put the, we'll get the links from you so that we can put them in the show notes for anybody who's listening. Cause I know a lot of people are going to want to go with this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you for asking. That's such a great question. So how long have you been practicing and teaching? How's that? I've been practicing Tantra now for eight years and I've been teaching it for almost five years now. And it's just been such a beautiful thing that I actually left behind my 30 year career as a nurse and I'm all in on coaching Tantra because I realized as a nurse, some of the things that were so frustrating for me is working in critical care is, you know, when people will be facing death and dying and they would be taking their last breath and I would be holding a space and empathetic with them, but there was nothing I could do to have helped them have a better experience in their lifetime. And they had would share their fears and their regrets with me. And then when I discovered Tantra and I had this great healing and awakening with it, I realized now these are the tools where I can literally open people's hearts at a younger port, uh, uh, at a younger time in their lifeline, their timeline. And then, so hopefully they are also able to live in a healthier body because I also teach the power of, you know, pleasure is medicine and having a healthier relationship to your body and letting go of stress and things that can cause disease, dis-ease in your body and hopefully not have to be in the hospital or at least when they do take their last breath, not to have regret because now they know how to live life from a place of love instead of fear. So that's what Tantra helped me with the most. Mm. I'm of the very strong bias that love gets better as we get older. So like a lot of the shame and pressures of being a young woman, like we're supposed to be sexual, but we're supposed to be virgins and, and we're supposed to have perfect bodies and all this kind of stuff. That's like carries a lot more weight when you're a young woman than when you're approaching midlife and you, and I just found find, and it's not just me, but a lot of us just have a lot more comfort in ourselves. Yes. So you've noticed that too. Yes. And on Halloween, I'll be 53. So I am older. I discovered Tantra at age 44. So um, yeah, I've discovered that too. But the thing that can be challenging when I work with couples, what they see is that the female partner, and when I'm talking male or female, I'm just saying anatomically speaking, regardless of what you choose your gender to be for the listeners. But Um, For the female partners, we start to go into a place where there's some different hormone changes and we're not worried about pregnancy as much and we're feeling better with our bodies. And then sometimes the desire can 
rev up and we have more of a desire, but then the challenges that men will face as they're aging can have them have certain challenges where they're not able to have that deep intimacy with their wives or, you know, have the long lovemaking in the bedroom. And so I really love to support the men so that they can have this with the female partner. So then they're able to become together and have these prolonged experiences of pleasure together. And so, and not needed for males, not to need to take pharmaceuticals or things that could have side effects. So for our listeners, do you have, what would be like one of your top tips for mid, like better midlife love? Mm. One of the top things that helps people is meditative practices because your brain is your largest sex organ. So when we're able to quieten the monkey mind and we're able to drop more into that, those subtle energies in our body and everything that really helps so much. But then the other tool that I, that helps them a lot is when I teach them how to do different exercises to strengthen their pelvic floor and increase their blood flow to the sex organs and then power that couple that with breath work practices because taking in deeper breaths are able to circulate that energy through the body and increase and and have the orgasms are more powerful because you're having more oxygenation. If you think of like a candle and the candle has a flame or a flicker, the oxygenation, the oxygen helps that candle to light up more. And if you cover that up and you take the oxygen away, that will deplete it. So a lot of times females are not aware that right before they're on the verge of having a climax that they often will often tense up our bodies or breath hold and hold our breath. So just encourage them to breathe more deeply. And for the males, if they can breathe more deeply and strengthen their pelvic floor, then they can have stronger erections and they can have longer lasting power as well. And then just circulate that energy through their body. And then my male clients, I teach them how to separate their orgasm from their ejaculation so they can be multi-orgasmic and have full body orgasms. My male clients in their fifties will be like, I can feel that pleasure now from the top of my head down to my big toe. And so it's very healthy with vitality to have these kinds of practices and techniques because men drain a lot of their life force energy and um, levels through frequent ejaculation. So when they know how to have an orgasm without ejaculating, it's really healthy for them in the long term. One of my teachers has taught this for 40 years and he had his youngest child when he was 65. And I went to one of his conferences. He was in his early 70s, traveling all around the world through different time zones And, you know, you think he would be jet lagged and he does these practices with breath work and he's just like an energizer buddy. He shows up so powerfully whenever you're in lectures with him, you have to just get him to slow down to have a break or to have uh, to finish for the day. He's just so energized, but he does these practices himself with the breath work and with building the pelvic floor and moving that energy through his body. It's powerful stuff. So is this, I mean, all this sounds great. I mean, is this something that somebody has to practice for years or weeks or months or hours or how does, you know, I mean, where do you start? And obviously lots of questions, right? Yeah. That's such a great question, Devin. It does take a while. It's not, you know, just like we can't go to the gym and have one workout and then all of a sudden our abs are ripped. And so it's, what? It, I know <laughs> it's such a disappointment. I was planning for two o'clock. That I'm going to be ready. The manager about that. Later this afternoon. Um, abs in the afternoon. I love that. So rapid abs. So what happens though, is when you think about, well, we have shame initially around 
you know, pleasure and self-pleasure when we're younger, we start to learn things about our bodies. We don't want to be caught by our parents when we're self-pleasuring. So we do things very quickly to get from point A to point B. And with the neuroplasticity that actually wires us, and especially for males, it wires them to finish the task faster. So they bring this into whenever they start to have partnered, you know, lovemaking with a partner. And so then after decades of doing things the same way with neuroplasticity, you just, you deepen that groove in your brain. So what we'll do together is create new pleasure pathways. So you have a different experience in your body and it takes time to do that rewiring. But my clients, it takes them six, six to 12 months to fully master this with a partner, but in solo practices where you start to first do this on yourself, because you don't want to be practicing on your partner because then you're too much in your mind thinking about it. And then females were very intuitive. And if we don't feel you're connected to us and you're just, you know, testing things out, it's not so much fun for us. We're like, okay, I don't So, so, first- so the hold still thing isn't great foreplay is what you're no, saying. Just, no, just don't do that. hold still. Please, I'm, this I'm way. thinking. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, hold on. I'm meditating. Wait, I'm thinking. On. Right. I'm thinking <laughs> deeply. Don't, don't talk wait, to wait, me. Wait, what is the sequence of steps I'm supposed to do here? Wait, hold on. Let me grab my notebook. So, yeah, so it does take some time, but already the lovemaking is enhanced within the first three months. So I have one client that he was 60 years old and he was going to start taking Viagra and his wife was having more of a drive because she used to have pain with lovemaking before menopause. But then when things changed, she stopped having that. And their son had graduated college, was away from home, and they were really wanting to take this time to connect again with one another. And he wasn't able to. So he was about to take Viagra and we started working together and she's too shy to work with me. She was like, I don't want to talk to this woman about our personal business, but he's, she supported what he was wanting to do. So we started to work together. And then during the, our sessions when he would say, I just want to thank you. And my wife wants to thank you, which I thought was so sweet. I love to support couples. And within the first three months, their lovemaking started to improve. And then after a period of time, over six months, she would thank him. Like, I'm so thankful that you've done this work. Like the, you know, she would thank him for the work he was doing to have this level up. And so then after about six months and he was finally, he shared with me, he's like, I had a session, a marathon session with my wife on Monday before work for over an hour. And he was like, and each time we're together, she has like six to eight orgasms. And he was like, and the next day I was ready to go again. He was like, I feel so much power in my, you know, in the sex organs. I feel so much power there. I wish I had discovered this 15 years ago. So now they're having better lovemaking at 60 than when they were 30. And I have a testimonial on that where he shares that experience. So it was really, I heard it so fun. Yeah. It was so fun to see like, oh my gosh, it's creating such massive change for them. And now they're having this whole new relationship with one another better than ever before, because I've also, I said, you know, I know what women want too. So I'm your secret weapon. I'm going to help you to do other things. Even what is your love language? How is the romance? Like, how are you interacting with your partner? Because the lovemaking doesn't just start in the bedroom, you know, it all, it begins outside of the bedroom. So just improving. Well, what is it? This is, this is the biggest sex organ for women. It's between our ears. Yeah. For both males and females. Ah, yes. Yes. So that all starts here in the brain. So just knowing how to drop in and be present and not worry about things. And, you know, like you said before, when we're younger, we're worrying about our body image, how we're looking. Are we being performative? Are we supposed to do something like we would see in porn? You know, and we get really distracted 
But then as we're eight with the, the, you know, the beauty of aging, we start to accept ourselves more. And then we're not listening to these thoughts because it's these thoughts that can distract us from really being fully present with ourselves, with our partners and having this, you know, deep level of intimacy and connection with someone. Mm. Yeah. I'm loving this. Devin, do you have a question? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, um, is there sort of like a, I, I don't know, is there the rudimentary place that people start or is it always kind of with a conversation in terms of, you know, where does somebody get, you know, how does somebody begin? Great question. Whenever I start working with my clients, the foundations that we start with are meditation and breath work, the Tantra practices. Mm -hmm. And then we build on that with the self-love because when, when I'm teaching my clients how to have these techniques, I'm not wanting them to have a skill to really be manipulative as a lover to other, you know, you know, be the Casanova or whatever, even for females to be able to do this without having a good relationship with themselves first. So I want to see like, where are you with how you relate to yourself? And then when you build on that foundation, then I'll give you the other, the other tools so that you can be a good lover with someone else, because, you know, these are really powerful practices and it really connects you deeply with someone. Also, if I work with couples and they're not sure if the female partner is like, I don't even know that because maybe there's some dysfunction in the relationship. And they're like, I don't even know if I want to continue this marriage because there's some things that aren't good for me. I will tell them, then you probably don't want, if you're not sure you don't want to learn Tantra with this partner, because it's going to connect you two so deeply, it's going to be even more challenging to have that separation because you connect in such a deep, intimate way, like to fully be seen by your partner and be seen, seeing their soul and have that deep connection and have those prolonged states of pleasure and bliss. And you're releasing all those, that oxytocin, those bonding hormones, and especially for a female, for her to have pleasure with her partner for hours on end and keep downloading all that oxytocin and all the feel good hormones, you know, the bonding is so strong and you have like such a, a profound connection. Like the partners that I've experienced this with, even though, you know, for whatever reason, we decided not to have a relationship because there's an age difference, whatever the choice is. I can feel a connection with them. Like literally I usually will meditate in the morning and a lover of mine that I haven't been with in a year. Cause I moved. He was like, I see you right now. I can see you meditating. Mm -hmm. And I was meditating at night and that's not even my routine, but it's like you energetically, you have a really strong connection with that person where you're really intuitive and, and more tapped in and connected to them. And, but it's a love that's not a, because you should work on your self love. It's not a love of possessiveness or insecurity. It's like you're filling yourself up with so much love that you're loving. You have this overflow to share with your partner and your, your approach is more of a, it's an unconditional love. You know, you just, you just honor them for where they are. And a lot of that nitpicking and other things that we can have happen in relationships can actually be from us, not be feeling fully seen or connected to our partners. So we start to disconnect more and kind of pull away. Well, I'm glad you brought up like the danger of the orgasms, especially for women, because our estrogen amplifies the effect of the oxytocin testosterone sort of minimizes it for men. So it's not really a level playing field completely, Um, but it does create a real glueiness. And this is why it's so important to really take your time and date somebody and get to know them before you add the sex and the oxytocin, because you really want to 
consciously choose who you are going to glue to. Um, Definitely. Most definitely Morgana. Before I began this journey, I was more like Samantha on sex in the city. And actually Tantra ruined my love life for a bit because I realized, wow, I can't put a body condom on someone and protect myself from their energy. You know, so then I had to really sit back and take my time and be like, okay, what is their self-love game like? How do they treat other people? Not, are they just trying to impress me? Do they have road rage? How, what is their nutrition like? What is their self-care like? And, and take time to see how they are, not just meeting their sales rep and them trying to woo me, like who they truly are before I would connect with them with energy. So in this world, you know, sex stands for S is for sacred, E is for energy, and then X is exchange. It's a sacred energy exchange. So you want to be sure who you're sharing your energy with and plus, cause you could connect with them. So then next was my thing is like, I'm not going to be intimate with anyone unless I would want to be like that person. So let me watch them for a while and see who they are. If that's an energy exchange, that's going to be something that's going to be positive and be empowering for me. Or is that something that's going to be draining? One of my biggest clues with Devin was who his long-term friends were first, that he has friends going back. 40 years, many moons and they're nice, happily married, good parents, stable people. Yeah, they all are, which is, I mean, all of them have been in long-term committed relationships and I've known all these guys 40 plus years, which is sort of remarkable. Really good clue. Yeah. You You have to, you have to wait. And the other thing with Tantra self-pleasure practices, which I teach my clients that are single is that if you don't, it's just like when you go to the grocery store, you don't go shopping when you're starving. Like you will put all the junk food and all the stuff that doesn't serve you in your cart because everything seems good. Mm. Same thing when you're dating, don't have shame about experiencing self-pleasure. If you can, rock your own world, you're not going to tolerate someone that isn't at your level or doesn't deserve being with you. You're going to sit there and not approach it from scarcity or not having fed yourself from forever. And I'm starving for this. or I have no affection, you know, give that to yourself. And even saying, be your own best lover by the way we treat ourselves. And when we want to attract someone better in our dating, take yourself out on a date. How do you treat yourself? What is your self-talk? How do you speak to yourself? Do you caress your body? Like when I'm in the shower, I'll, I'll be like, thank you. And I'll be thanking my arms and my legs for carrying me through this day. You're so beautiful. You're so strong. Like all of these things are so important. So yeah, we, you have to fill your cup and take care of yourself first. Don't look for someone else. This uh, Hollywood thing of you complete me. No. So yeah. It's a great line love- though. It's a great line. Hey, I feel for that. <laughs> I totally feel for that. So then you start looking for your, other half, but okay. Ha- let me ask you this. How to, how long have both of you been married? We just celebrated our wedding anniversary. So seven years together for amazing. Eight, I love since it. the first half. wedding. We've been it's married complicated. 25 times and counting. Yes. Yeah. I love this. I love this. So, so what happens is, let's see if you notice whenever you're, you're having this marriage and this good relationship with your husband, relationships aren't 50 50 you show up 100 100 you're showing up as your best self I mean and there's sometimes when there's some give and take and your partner is having more of a challenging time but 
you know, you're really showing up fully for yourself and filling yourself up. And then you're able to have this extra overflow that you share with your partner. Well, we had, we actually had, had this exact conversation uh, literally three days ago. Um, And and I think it's, I think it's an incredibly important part. And then I think you talked about it a little bit, uh, little by little throughout this conversation. I mean, the way we look at it is, or at least the way I look at it, um, is that you choose one person and that one person ultimately becomes sacred because otherwise what's the point in picking them? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If it's not, if it's not the right match, if it's not the right person, then keep looking, keep, you know, and let your, and Um, let your needs be known when you're dating, you know, this whole thing that we'll do. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's great to put your best foot forward, but I think it's incredibly important to kind of present yourself as what it is that you want and what it is that you need. Otherwise you, somebody may fall in love with a version of yourself who is the wrong. They're looking for the thing that you pretended to be rather than, and all of a sudden, now yeah, now you're unavailable <laughs> to the person that would actually love you as you are. And so, I mean, I think it's really important to kind of keep these notions of what you were describing in terms of responsibility um, and seriously, what made us wrong for other people made us right for each other. I love that. Uh, I love that. You brought up something that I really loved about how getting nitpicky in a relationship. And I think when you are in love and this gooey in love thing, I think can last forever. It certainly did for my grandparents. And by the way, they would bicker all the time, but they were madly crazy in love into their nineties um, is, you know, it's, I, you look at what the other person does and you think it's adorable. A, a friend of mine from like my best friend from childhood found her guy at 19. I don't know how she like space alien, totally different from me, but I remember a few years back and they've been together all this time. She was telling me why she loves her husband. She says, I just really like him. I think he's so funny. He can't make a tuna salad to save his life. He doesn't even put in celery and he's terrified of planes. So she's telling me why she loves him by sharing these things that are like, he's horrible to travel with. He can't cook to save his life. And this is why I love him. And I think that's what love is, is when you find this stuff adorable instead of annoying. And that's part of having an unconditional love. It's a more evolved love. It's not this, I'm lacking this within me and this person's going to satisfy that. And I, I'm not willing to do the work for myself. So I'm going to latch onto them and they need to validate me and they need to make me feel loved. And then when they get busy with their careers or other things and you're past the honeymoon phase and dating or, you know, in your relationship, then you're resenting that person because, oh, you're not validating me now. You're not loving me now. No, you have to be able to source that on your own. And whatever that partner brings to you is a bonus and is an overflow. And one of the quotes by Osho that brought Tantra to the West is he would say, when you love a flower, you don't pick it. You know, because we want to grab it and be like, you're mine or be in a possessive love or like I'm lacking and I'm needing and I need you, you know, instead of, you know, I really honor and respect who you are. And I love you unconditionally for even all of your little idiosyncrasies, the little nuances that just makes you more special to me. I see you. I see your heart. I see your soul. I see beyond that. Now, don't date someone based on their potential. 
you know, I've did that in the past. And that's when you see red flags, don't make a quilt out of them. Let that go. It is is sexy. It is sexy for a few weeks. When you're in (laughs) your 20s, not when you're in your 40s or 50s. You start to learn like there's some (laughs) adrenaline with that because you're on this roller coaster ride, you know. And whenever you have that dysfunction, sometimes it can relate or be familiar because we had dysfunctional patterns with our parents. And then we're wanting to have that need filled. I did that. I've had the bad relationships. I know too, all too wells. And then you're having this, oh, we have this chemistry. And and there's a book that I want to really recommend that really speaks to that. I was just, it's called the human magnet syndrome. And it's like, why do we choose certain relationships? that don't serve us. Like, why are we in these codependent relationships? But when you're not in a co, let me see the name of the book. I just shared it with someone, the human magnet syndrome, why we love people who hurt us. And um, it is, it's a really great book and a really great resource. And we have to think sometimes we had hurt from our parents or they didn't meet our needs. So we subconsciously are being attracted to someone who's not meeting our needs. So that's where then that, that relationship of, that's not an unconditional love or healthy and you're not having healthy patterns and you're bonding over a dysfunction and your wounds. And that's how you two are matching up from the unhealed aspects of yourself. Then you start to tear each other down because that's what you're used to. Like your parents would tear you down or your parents would tear each other down and you just keep that pattern going in a way. So you work with singles Yes. And you work with couples. Actually, yeah. before we go ahead, before we leave this, because I think you may be moving us. Um, you had mentioned a, a few minutes ago about this idea that you were working with a couple and you debated on whether or not to move forward with them because they didn't. It was like, this is the wrong pairing. How did you manage? How did you manage that? And and how did you how did you relay this? Hey, I'm seeing I'm seeing a problem within the relationship. Yeah, just recommend some other resources to them and maybe to have the support of a therapist. And sometimes when I work with clients, I'm like, I'm just an extra tool in your tool belt. Like if you have a therapist, that's great, you know, and we can approach whatever the challenge is from different angles. But I want them to approach that first and be sure that's what they're committed to before we cement this bond. So and it, it is a challenging conversation. There's nuances to it, you know, and I just had to talk to them and just talk to the female partner and be like, are you sure this is what you're wanting? Cause I speak to them together and separate and always, you know, let them share what they want to share about our work together because I'm honoring them. You know, I've been a nurse for a long time. So I'm hip to the HIPAA. I protect people's information. And so that way they can open up to me and share what's really present for them without them being afraid. I'm going to tell the partner that's up to them to share that with their partner. That's not up to me. Now, whatever they presents up in a couple session together, because I'll do like a solo session with one and then a couple's one together and then a solo session with other. We just keep building and building with each session, but it's up to them to share those certain things that maybe they're not quite ready. Or maybe I could even talk to them about how to, be empowered to have those challenging conversations or to communicate in healthier ways with their partner or to be able to voice their needs. So those are all really important things, but yes, you have to, I usually say just either one, I'm not the best coach for you. If I really am feeling like there's a lot of dysfunction, I'm very intuitive. Or I will say, I think first start with therapy and see how you're going. If you've already been having all these breakups and conflicts before we, you know, we put this as the solution to your 
challenge. There's some deeper work that you need to do and start with self-love first, always self-love goes first. So I can coach them on those things and then help them with a relationship with themselves and see where they want to go from there. So it sounds like you have an assessment process at the very beginning. Yes. Yes, I do. I ask lots of questions on the application form to have like a free 30 minute discovery call with me and see through the questions I answered, if they seem to be ready and a good fit. And then we have a call to be sure that we're a good fit and go from there. And it can't be just, you know, one-sided, you know, it has to be both of them wanting to do the work, but often if a partner isn't wanting to do things, I had one woman who her partner was having some challenges and they have a young child. He's just having all the demands. Like men have so many demands and responsibilities and they have to be the protector and the provider and all of these things. And like then a young child that they're trying to raise. And then he just wasn't having the energy for the lovemaking because he was just trying to be Superman in like all these different areas in their lives. And so she was actually interested in learning Tantra. She started working with me, but she didn't share it with her husband. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Cause a few weeks ago, he asked me what I want to learn Tantra. Like it started, it was just like, you, you're bringing that energy into your relationship, into your world. And then I was telling her sometimes the way you're having a conversation with him is a little demasculated. Like you're so used to always being control sometimes in the polarity of a relationship with the masculine and the feminine. I know before Tantra, I was heavy in my masculine energy. And often we do that because we want to be in control. We don't want to get hurt, those things. But polarity means we need the opposite energies to be attractive and have that spark. So it doesn't matter if you're in a same sex marriage or opposite sex. It does not matter. There has to be that polarity. One needs to be more in the masculine energy, regardless of their gender. And one needs to be more in the feminine. So you'll see men, males that will be more in their feminine energy, but they're going to need to be to have that chemistry and that spark and that arousal. They're going to need to have a partner that wants to lean more into their masculine or they can be fluid, like they can change it up sometimes. But the feminine, you need to surrender to the feminine. And I'm just like, males live in a very male dominated world. And I have a lot of clients that are might be attorneys. And so they're like really in their masculine. Males are always around other guys that are very masculine. The best gift you can give them is to surrender into the goddess, into the feminine energy. That's such a gift. And then when you are able to surrender, you actually when we can drop our, the walls and we can surrender and fully relax with our partner, that's when more pleasure flows and more orgasms flow more easily also. And then that creates that, that beautiful dance. So you don't lose that desire in a relationship by that polarity. I work with a lot of women who are high achievers, get stuff done, really masculine. And I have found for years that when one person changes, the whole relationship dynamic changes. And even if we're talking about relationship with money, her partner may suddenly fall back in love with her and not even know why. Uh, I find that the key for a woman to surrender to her feminine is it has to be safe. Yes. Then we can, Mm -hmm. so the, the, it needs to be a safe relationship or she's just responding to who the person is being. But if he can, this is, this is what Devin is so good at is he just, he makes me feel safe. That's so beautiful. That's the most beautiful thing. And that's when, when a female feels safe, the heart chakra opens more. And they say in the female in Sanskrit for the sex organs for the females referred to as the Yoni that opens more. And then, pleasure flows more freely through your body 
when you feel safe, because you have to feel safe to be able to surrender. So I love that you shared that. We are getting close to out of time. Was there a final question that you had? No, I think we've covered a a huge swath of information about life and love and relationships and sex, all good stuff. Okay, then I'll take the last question. Awesome. So I think you talked at some point a a ways back about the honeymoon period being over. And for couples who are not getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries, that's kind of our trick to kind of extend the honeymoon. I suspect that you probably have a lot of couples who are kind of in that post honeymoon period lull. Yes. So, so what would, if, what would you say to, you know, somebody listening who is like, damn, I miss that. Where do you, where, where do you start? I would start first by doing the love languages quiz. So you can be sure you're speaking your partner's love language, because if you're having a language barrier and it's just like, if you speak two different languages, you could be saying, I love you in a million ways, but if they don't comprehend that language, if they don't understand it, it's missed. So, so to the, the person who doesn't know what you're talking about, what does that mean? Love language? So the five love languages, there's a, a quiz. Um, it's online. You can Google it. And the author that has the book on the five love languages, I believe his last name is Chapman. There's acts of service, quality time, um, physical touch, um, words of appreciation. Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the fifth one right now. And um, well, there's, there's, so there's five different ways of communicating. Yes. Love Did with you your say problems. gifts? I think that was. Yes, yes, gift gifting. Yeah. Yes, because that's not a high one for me. So it's I not for me one. either. So I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Devin likes gifts and acts of service. And all you have to do is say something nice to me, and I feel loved. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so often what we will do is we'll speak to our partner, and what we think love is, we're like, oh, I would love if my partner would do this. So I'm going to do that for them. And then it just goes off their radar because that's not how they register love. And they're just like, wow, that person doesn't love me. And then one person's frustrated because they're like, I'm pouring all this love into them and they're just not reciprocating. So one, being sure your love languages and that you start to speak to each other that way. Return to some of the things that you did in the beginning of the relationship. So you're not taking one another for granted. And then taking some of the load off. There can be so many pressures with children and tasks and growing businesses that then we're so exhausted at the end of the day, we can't even prioritize our own pleasure or do our own self-care. Sometimes we're so exhausted, much less can we do something with a partner? So how can we support our partners or do extra things or take some of the load off and remembering to have date nights, you know, and just like you did in the beginning. So, so often we're like, Oh, I'm definitely get to go to bed with this person tonight. Cause I live in the same place. No, you still have to date. And for like, for me personally, anticipation is really big again, the brain. So if I know that there's a date night and I have something to look forward to, then I'm already, you know, the juices for that are already starting to flow just in anticipation. And then also for the female um, arousal scale, it takes us longer to feel aroused. Males will be really quick to be aroused and then really quick to finish. And then females, it takes longer to be aroused. And so then right when men are you know, when women are starting to peak and be turned on, then the male partner can be done. So then we have that disconnect there. So that's why 
it's really important to understand that and allow, give the woman the time to reach the male's level of arousal. And then you'll see, you know, and I'll have, I'll have um, female clients that are like, I don't even want, have a desire. I don't want to have sex with my partner anymore. And I'm like, well, have them come work with me. And then you're going to want to mm. and just work. Because, and then the males will be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that my partner had this much desire. It's just like, well, we don't desire the things that unfortunately males have learned by watching things on the internet or with porn have dumbed us down. And when they try to replicate that in the bedroom, it's not really going to interest us over a long period of time. So the first few years of marriage, okay, but there's something we're yearning for more and a deeper connection. And whenever that need can be met, then like the fires really get turned on and you can and experience something with these amazing states of bliss and connection and love. Ah, well, I think that that is a perfect place to finish. And thank you, Dominique. And we're, we will have a link to your website in our show notes. Can you just speak your website? Yes, it is. Yes. Tantra.com. And then all my social media handles and clubhouse is at yes. Tantra. My YouTube's yes. Tantra. And then we'll share some resources here. I'll share some things with you for the show notes. So thank you. Thank you so much. Blessings. You're welcome. And this has been another episode of Crazy Sexy, Very Sexy Midlife Love. And we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage-Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at crazysexymidlifelove.com.